you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> What's happening, bro? Not a fucking great deal, bro. My head's fucking mush today, man. Yes, mush. and started <laughs> left home, <laughs> left home for work at three o'clock this morning. Yep. Um, only got home from work at eight o'clock last night. The after at quarter past eight. Got a big job on his. Oh, shut down up at the mines and singer. It's just fucking pandemonium up there, bro. How was your day? No, it was pretty busy. We're just trying to get out of a certain. Uh, job that we've got going up at um, Adamstown Heights, so we got all that sorted. It was a pretty bit of a rush towards the end of the day there, and um, yeah, it was good. So we're going to try something new now. We've had some consultation from some business partners of ours, and they've told us that we should try and put the ads in at the start of the um, show. So Mossy's going to take over right, here with one of our new sponsors. Yeah, Thanks, at least Moss. one of them. Uh, if you're looking for any skip bins, been doing that COVID clean out and that. Just uh, look up Swap Bins, offering the best service and price on all two and three cubic metre skip bins in the Newcastle, Lake Macquarie area. Hit up Pat, he's a great bloke. You can find them on their website, www.swapbins.com.au or on Facebook or Instagram. Very good. Thank you, Pat, for uh, throwing in a few bucks for the podcast and getting us going. Ishay, son of Coco, so he's got to be a good bloke. Good bloke. <laughs> All right, so today's guest, um, he actually helped us out when we were first practising and first this idea first sort of come along and he's, he's so... He's Donated his time to come back in again. He's um he's a really good bloke. He's a good mate of mine now, and we did some training in the gym together. He's Can currently flexing. For he's, some he's, got no some, he's got, he's got <laughs> the biceps <laughs> popping. He's got the energy. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello, Tristan Lumley. Big hey, good, boys. How are you? Good. Hey, good. Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. You just come back from pounding the pavement. Just some five more k. Twenty-one minutes. Just over twenty-one minutes. That one. Did you do Club it this 22. morning as well? No. Just to sleep in yet. Afternoon after work and straight in the gym after this podcast. That's Ooh. right. Crunch ready for preseason next year. <laughs> it's one of them things. It's like a lot of people. A lot of people go for a run here and there and put it on the gram. It's just to make themselves look like they do it and look like this and that. But Trito, mate, you don't do it just for the show. You're out there every morning, Saturdays, Sundays, banging out five k's gym. Like you are, mate. You are. Um, you got you're the energizer, buzzy. It's six days a week, I aim to run. Since footy's been cancelled, I'll be going six days a week. I've been running 40, 50k a week. So I'm Crazy. pretty happy with that, feeling good. And do you think that that, fi- May. Do you think that that fitness would translate into footy if you were yeah, to play? 100%. Yeah, 100%. If I started playing now, I reckon I'd go good. I'll be playing 78 in the middle, hopefully. That'd be yeah. my goal. Are yeah, you, uh, are you play. running towards something or are you running away from something? Running away. From the dogs. <laughs> 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 from the dogs. <laughs> nah. Nah, I don't run away from the Gammon. <laughs> I'm the one that should be running away from the coppers. I'm married one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, she's a nice woman. So, yeah, no, she's a, she's, a, she's, a, she's a beauty. So uh, we'll just get into something sort of a bit serious to sort of start off with and then we'll sort of hopefully redeem ourselves with some jokes later on. But um, Uncle Mosso, the Black Lives Matter movement, you were down there the other week at the Newcastle demonstration. Mate, how was that? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was actually really good. It's, um, man, it's got some numbers down there. Yeah. And it was, it was actually good to see, you know, Finally, some some changes being brought about. It's been like it's been going on for years. Everybody knows that, mm. but um, so it's not just caught on camera or people saying this, that, and the other. S- things are actually starting to happen now, and um, yeah. it's good. It's it's long overdue. It's about fucking time, I reckon. And it's just good to see. It was good to see numbers when we sat down after the march in the park, hearing all the elders tell their stories about like stolen generation. Like there's yeah. people up there who were saying like, we can't just get over this. It wasn't. It wasn't, you know, 
generations and generations ago. Mm. Like this happened to me. I, I remember yeah. one story there. An old fella he was saying, "I remember still having a hide under the house, so I didn't have to get, so I didn't get taken away." Yeah, it's it, horrible. It was, it was fucking. Uh. Oh, it was real emotional, you know, like. But um, yeah, it's good. It's good to see some changes being brought about. Like, I don't know about in the fucking states, though. Another bloke just got <laughs> shot the other day. Fuck. Did you partake in any um? Movement I missed really? the protests and the marches, but yeah. it was good to see our people. Yeah. Go out there and prove a point. Because mm. um, my our great grandma was in the Stolen Generation, but she ended up living a good life after that. She never yeah. really complained about it, so I don't know much about what happened with her. She never really liked to tell a story, so mm. I think that's just her way of blanking it out, but. Um, I miss the marching process, but good to see my people and my um, family, my Murray's they call them, up in Queensland, yeah. protesting yeah. up in Rocky. What's yeah. your mob? Marching. Oh, I'm actually from the Pitch and Jarrah tribe, yeah. South Australia, Northern Territory. Oh, true. Oh, oh really? Yeah. But they got taken up to my great, my nan got taken up and her dad got taken up to Queensland. That's how he ended up from there. Oh, right. Uh, oh, long so, story. Mm. But yeah, the Black Lives Matter movement. In Australia, I like it because it's my people, the Aboriginal people, were sticking up for ourselves and what happened. But in America, I don't agree with what's going on over there. Like, like all the violence and that was, that was what That's was great about one reason why I'm not partaking in the Black Lives Matter movement because of yeah. I don't agree with the violence. Well, I said to Marcy, yeah. I said maybe they're going some violent people are going to tack themselves onto it. But yeah, you said it was great here. It was peaceful. It was peaceful. Everyone got the point across. You know, like um, everyone was you know upset and. Yelling and stuff like as mm. everyone does at a protest or whatever. But um, I was glad that no no fights like yeah. in Sydney, like not nothing broke out because it takes away from it. Because as soon as something bad like that happens there, and it might only be a few dickheads just looking for a mm. reason to just start makes some us shit. Look bad. Yeah, it makes everyone look bad. You know what I mean? Like, the cops did pepper spray a few people, but they started that. That was in down the Sydney in Sydney. In Sydney, yeah. 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 So if you just heard there, Trudeau just said he's um Aboriginal. He's got dark skin. I know it's an audio medium, but Mossy, you got quite dark skin. Have you ever faced racism in Australia? Um, yeah, like I. After I put that post up of the me being at the march the other day, yeah. some dickhead started fucking trolling me on Instagram. Yeah, about going dude. there. Yeah, I, I didn't even know him, and he was just like, "You bunch of fucking dickheads! Mm. What are you just fucking doing?" And I was just like, "Well, it's because of people like you." Oh, I didn't. And a few more choice words. I said, yeah. "Fucking redneck dogs like <laughs> you." <laughs> you <laughs> why, don't want to create they, yeah. any more divide and racism. Like that's why what we're trying like to get rid of. Need to still be happening. Keep, yeah, keep mm. bringing it up. But the only racism I would have experienced when I was younger was just being called abo. I don't like being called Abbo, but as people say Abbo now, I say, oh, can you please say Aboriginal? Because mm. I don't like the word Abbo because they used to say that. What you think is people just saying that. it in general conversation, not thinking yeah, of not, not thinking, thinking twice but, of it. Yeah, like, I think because I'm a respectful man and show a lot of love, I don't I really experience too much racism from anyone, really. You never like, when I was younger, I did as a kid and a teenager, but I think that's because when you're younger, the kids don't understand. Yeah. I sort of think it's normal, they're taught it. But as you get older, people respect you, and a lot of young people in our generation are pretty. Aren't racist at all. Pretty switched on. Not anymore. The older guys, six foot five and hundred ten kilos. I think it's the older dudes. Works like they go, oh yeah, about this. Oh please don't say that. Oh sorry, mate. Didn't know that. That disrespect. Don't hurt me. And just even even like like just small little things that get like that that get by on a daily basis. Like even though people might be joking about it, and you let it go because they're your mate or whatever. When someone goes, ah, you're fucking your black cunt or whatever, and like they're just mucking around, they're your mates. Like you still. Feel that like a sting? Yeah, it's deep like, down inside. It's, it's still like, oh, it aggravates like, you. Twins, like yeah, yeah. Like, you laugh it off, let it go, and you've been told. But like, you shouldn't be letting that. You uh. should be like, like, what the fuck? I don't walk around going white, see this, white, see that. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah, when yeah. I was younger, I did. I didn't understand, as I said before. But as I've gotten older, I don't, I don't give out racism, and I don't really receive it. But I know 
a lot of people do still to this day. So ma- maybe throughout these demonstrations, is like maybe <coughs> you hear the term white privilege and whatever, and I'm white, and so I don't, I don't uh, really understand what it means. But maybe you know white people might take a step back and say, well, what have I done, and what have I said, and what, what have I sort of, or what haven't I done? Yeah, well, what haven't I done that sort of supported this oppression? The only way I can look at white privilege, and the only way I'd say it, oh, I don't like saying it. The only way I can look at white privilege is like um, my grandparents or great grandparents didn't get to work for money, or they had stolen wages, so then they got nothing to pass down to me. But then say white people back then got to buy land for cheap, got to work for money so they can pass things down well to their fine. younger kids. I'm yeah. not going to get anything from my black grandparents. Mm. But my white grandparents got stuff and I'm going to inherit stuff from them. That's the only way I can look at white privilege. Uh, so so you sort of does that make sense? That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so my white grandparents have stuff to give to me. My black grandparents don't. They work the same. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know and what I mean? You've experienced but because back then they didn't, have them, they didn't get the same wage because they were black. White people got more money because they're white. Does that make sense? And back in like the 50s, the, 60s. With like the, you know, yourself, like I don't yeah. expect white people to just be walking down the fucking ah. middle of the road with their fist in the air, clasping no. yelling out black power and all this kind of stuff. But it's more about what you're not doing. Like you hear someone saying, no, this fucking, you know, abo dog or fucking this oh. black cunt or something like that. If, you, if you're just letting that slide, well, you're just a part. You're a part of the problem, mm. aren't you? If, you? if you're willing to hear that and let, and let it go through the wicket, you're... Well, Martin Luther King said, if you're not part of the... Um, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Mm. Mm. So you know what else it. he said? Well, oh no, that was Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's not a chip on my shoulder. It's your foot on my neck. Ah, oh, that's a pretty. But good them one. boys there at Tupac, they they mm. they didn't bring in violence. They were sort of trying to be peaceful and trying to be smart about how they got through the racism part of things. And I think Tupac got killed for that. And I, yeah, I honestly believe with the whole racism thing, if um, I don't think it, it's. Now, because it's out in the open, only your like, like your radicalists, like skinheads and stuff, are going to be openly racist. Yeah. I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be gone just like that. I think it'll be the next generation where we've kind of taper yeah. out and filter it's out because better. everyone's more generation. aware. Everyone's more aware 90s. now, yeah. but everyone's kind of at the age now where it, whatever they've been taught, it's bred into them. You know yeah. what I mean? So now it'll take the next generation. So this generation's people, their kids, to teach them that. He, he's no different to you. He just looks different. take us. We're all human beings. Yeah, we're not black. Right. We're not white. We're not yellow. We're not green. We're human beings and we're, it's all an experience. And we're experiencing this in this body. We didn't choose this body. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's our experience. So it sort of rolls into the first question we've got, Trudeau. Do you think the world could be rid of racism? Uh, not with the people who are running it, no. But it could be if we did it the right way. But with the people running it, society and the government running it, I don't think we ever will. With the media... They'll go, oh, this, a white cop kills black man. It should be copper kills man. Yeah. But the way they word it, yeah. it's like they spark it up. Like of the course media they do. want it. They They've want got to controversy. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, no, I don't think we ever will get rid of racism in this. I in think this it world. will it'll become less about it. race slowly and it will start being, there'll be a line in the sand and it'll be rich and just poor, like yeah, in America. Classism. Uh, no, there's no, not going to be this middle class, the class that Australia has, is, you know, like working class. class It'll be yeah. you're rich or you're well, fucking poor. Well, after all this COVID-19 stuff, that's what America's going to be. It could happen here too, so be either rich or poor. Oh, that's mm. when you catch me. Maybe black or white. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, would you say that um, racism has played into your life and changed the course of your life, or you just sort of... Yeah, when I was younger, it? racism was... Hectic Like when I was probably 15, 16 There's Aboriginals There's Samoans And white people And I'd just get caught up in it Yeah I used to get Samoans Going oh well you Aboriginal bro And I'd have to lie And say I'm PNGs 10 of them And they're in their 20s I'm 16 mm. 
And I was like, this is like lie. And sometimes I know I'm Aboriginal, I try and fight me, so I had to cruise it. And that's weird, because Samoans are black too. So yeah, that's yeah. like a weird type of racism, but yeah, there's a lot of race on race, um, racial attacking mm. back when I was a teenager. I don't know if you experienced it down here in Sydney. Brown on black, in even in uh, the States, uh, like the Hispanic, like they're kind of banded together now a bit, but the uh, blacks and the Hispanics, mm. they hate each other. Uh, well, you even see black on black violence. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there. Mm. So, anyway, um, I just think that might even just be testosterone from young blokes just wanting yeah. to explode. Yeah, people want to fight. They want to yeah. fight. People don't understand life. They just think, oh, I'm going to smash him and I'm going to look good. You know what I mean? Get the chicks. Until all my Get cousins come down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Get him. <laughs> then they're running. <laughs> so you um you come from Queensland. How, what was your childhood like, Drita? It was like uh, it's fifty fifty. When I was younger, we. We're in Melbourne, then we moved back to Caboolture, my mum and dad split up, and then me and my mum and my brother sort of in it commissioning house, my mum was on Centrelink, mm -hmm. single, so trying her best to get us by, and she met my stepdad, and then we we got robbed one time in our house, and I didn't want to go back, and never want to stay there ever again, but so I begged my stepdad in Caboolture, mm. I begged, I was nine, ten years Where's old, my game cube got stolen. Where's Caboolture? Caboolture, it's yeah. like uh, half an hour from Sunny Coast, south of Sunny Coast, half an hour north of Brisbane, <laughs> but it's like... Centrelink Central, it's like Mount Druitt. Not near the... Uh, if you want to call it a suburb of Sydney. Yeah, so it's right literally like a Mount Druitt. Yeah. This commission, Centrelink, left, right and centre. And then I begged my stepdad, oh, we, like, well, can we move in there? And we end up moving there. And he lived in a nice Queensland, like 20 minutes up north, close to the beer bar near Sunny Coast. And then from there, I end up going to Wavell State High School. And I only wanted to go there only because Greg Inglis went there. So what's Wavell so State High School? There. It's a rugby league excellence school. In public school, but it's like a private school. You got to wear ties and stuff and formal uniform. But I just wanted to go there and try and make something out of footy. I was in Brisbane, so I used to catch the train for an hour and a half just to go there. So an hour and a half there, hour and a half back. Yeah, yeah, right. And did you enjoy travelling, or that was? Yeah, I loved it. Oh, you did. And all the boys used to catch the train. So half an hour down the train line, all the boys would get on. Oh. my best mate Aaron Whitchurch, he ended up playing four games in NRL. But uh, me and him used to catch a train together. He was in Woodford and I was in Limbo. We used to catch a train together. We ended up playing Broncos 20s together. Oh, yeah, right. Me and him. And he ended up playing NRL. I, I didn't make it. He did, but that was a funny little story. Who was your um, So who was your junior club, club growing up? Uh, Beachmere Pelicans. Where? Beachmere Pelicans. <laughs> Slow down your lips, bro. <laughs> Beachmere Pelicans. So that's 10 minutes. Just relax. We got as as long as we want. Just slow fast. down. Slow. Even twitching in the chair and shit. Right, calm down, bros. Who can we can bell again? All the boys up. All the boys up there would know that one. I was a little superstar of that club. Used to make all the rep teams and that. But that was that was my little junior club. And I still go back there and help the boys at some times. So from the Pelicans, where well. What was the next? When did you play? Staying, uh, start playing grade footy, like uh, Sunday footy, kind of. Well, like so. From there, I just I ended up moving to North Devils when I was fifteen or sixteen, mm -hmm. and I played for the North Devils. And I always we used to play junior footy on this park, and I always used to look at the other park and see Q Cup playing. I think, oh, I, I, I end up there in the couple, next couple of years. Yep. And I ended up playing Colts. So then two years later, I was playing on that field before Q Cup, and then from there, I ended up playing Broncos twenties for a year. And then I ended up playing Q Cup for Norse, and that was my little goal. And I ended up getting there. And then the next step, obviously, was NRL, but I didn't quite make it. That's, yeah. That was my little mm. that, in, the, in a fast story. That was my. Hey, little mate, adventure. it's a fucking fast story when you're talking. <laughs> tell you <laughs> So when you were growing up, were you a bit of a rat bag or just a good kid? Fifty-fifty. I was a smart ass here and there, but if I got in trouble, 
I dropped my ball straight away. So I yeah. sort of wasn't too rebellious, but I was. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love I loved to push the waters, test the waters. Oh, you can see what you could get, get away with. Yeah. So everyone has a story from when they were growing up where some serious shit went down or they had a near-death experience. Do you have a story like that? Fucking around the train line or <laughs> fucking... Oh. Nah. No, uh, nothing? No, nah, nothing like that. Oh, one time. <laughs> I was, I was in this taxi I must have been drunk as, And I passed out And I woke up And I was going the wrong way Like 30 minutes southside And I said taxi driver Pull over pull over bro I, just, I gotta get out Like I don't know where you're taking me But yeah. this I live the other way mate It's like 3.30 in the morning It's a Sunday morning And he stopped Pulled over And I don't know what I'm doing So I've just got out of the car And all of a sudden He spun back around And ran me over And I've jumped Rolled over the bonnet and everything. Really? Yeah. yeah Damn, going, you trying to run on the taxi. No. <laughs> what the hell? And then I had 50 bucks in my pocket. I was like, ah. And he just, he just kept driving. I was like, oh, whatever. Didn't even and come back to the And I went back, back on the, the main road. <laughs> and I still put my thumb out. And this um, black dude just pulled over and goes, hey, mate, where are you going? I said, oh, here. And he took me back to the club I'd just come from. <laughs> yeah, right. Straight back in, couple yeah, more beers. All my, all my mates said they put me in there because I was blind. I was probably only like 21 then. Hectic story. <laughs> that was back when I was young and after a footy game would always go out. Yeah, right. How's some? Go to work <laughs> on the Monday morning dead. <laughs> I heard a story today at work, actually, just side note. There was this bloke working on the digger and he was telling us his story about how he got real pissed and he was um staying, he was at like a work show or something and he was staying at his parents' house that night because it was just closer to where it all was. Yeah. And he fucking, the next, he, Paro, wakes up the next morning by the coppers, taking him in bed, waking him up. Hmm. He's like, what the fuck? Like, so he's gone to go back to his mum and dad's house, and he's gone in next door, mm. just gone in a fucking random bedroom, yeah, falling asleep. Stories like this, and he's just like the little kid woke up in the, like woke up, and he's gone to the other like spare room or whatever the fuck it was, and he just saw some bloke lying in his fucking bed. Some random dude. Yeah. Must have just ran, walked, ran, ran out, got, his, got his dad and was like, there's a bloke in that fucking room. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just let him sleep, he's all right. Apparently the um, coppers swabbed him like, before he woke up to see if he was on drugs, to see if he was like going to skits out or anything like that. Was yeah. he? Nah, he was no, just para just from drunk. work, dude. Yeah. just got him out of the hood. Nah, he had to go to fucking court and everything for breaking in. Huh? Really? Yeah, fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> just for being pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, mate. What oh. over? Imagine if you just started wailing on him. The oh. Well, you, you probably what are you doing? Would. Get out of your fucking house, will you? Tie the car up while you're still <laughs> sleeping. So is there anybody in your childhood or in your adolescence that sort of influenced you when you were younger that sort of set you on a football path? Oh, my granddad and my stepdad. So my stepdad and my granddad. Oh, and my mum, obviously. My beautiful mum. I love mum. But um, my stepdad always used to – he didn't have to do any of that, but he used to take me here everywhere for footy. If my mum didn't have enough money, he'd pay for it, yeah. my registration. And then my granddad, I used to stay at his house because he lived near Wavell. Yeah. So I used to stay at his house Tuesday, Thursday after training. He'd always take me to games. When I started playing for the Broncos, he lived like 10 minutes from there. So I used to stay at his house so I could get the training easier. Yeah, I didn't have my course. license back then. I just And I just got a car, so I, I finally got my P's and I was sweet. But yeah, my granddad always used to help me out. He still rouses on me now, but he's proud of me. But he's one of those dudes that always, he wants the best for me, but... He's going to get angry at me. Mm. Yeah, of course. Nothing's ever good enough for him either. <laughs> Do you miss being away from your family? Yeah. I want to try and get back home soon and surprise them, but that's the hardest thing. But I love being down here. It's Newcastle's the best. Yeah, I like, like it better than Brisbane. Like, it just suits me, all the people, the vibes. Mm. Like, in Brisbane, it's good to be around my family, but I'm bored and it's I'm over it. Like, 
It's the same old, same old. I'm getting depressed down there, yep. up there. Yeah, it's not really by the water though, is it? No. It's got a river I love the, the beach. Yeah. yeah. You love the beach? Yeah, I love the beach. I love just bit working near the beach after work or before work, going to the beach, having a coffee, going for a run. Like, how good is that? Yeah. In Brisbane, you can't do that. Like, mm. run around the city, but I hate the city. I'm not a city boy. You know what no, I mean? you don't like the city? No. And Newcastle's like the sunny coast, but really. It's like a big, mean? big town. It's isn't like it? a mini, mini city. Yeah, yeah. A big town. It's not even a city, yeah. So you, you can go to Sydney if you want to go to the city. You think you'll no, stay? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. For at least five years, if not, yeah, see what happens. Yeah, that's good, uh, really good. Yeah, it's surprising a lot of people that come here actually, like us, Moss, mm. come here and go, I fucking love this. Yeah, you don't have to leave them. Yeah, you, you get yeah, a good company to work for. So anyway, better. back to your footy. So you started playing um, Broncos under twenties. Yeah. Or were you? Did you play like Harold Mats? Did you just have a Harold Mats and stuff up there? SG Ball. No, so it was called Mel Meninga, and I can't remember what the under sixteens was called. But Mel Meninga only just started as I was coming through eighteens. But I didn't make at. Mel Meninga. Yep. But it was it literally the first year it was on, I was 17, 18. Mm-hmm. So they just picked who they knew. I didn't end up making that team. Then I played Colts, which was under 20s when I was 18, 19. Yep. So that's like under 20, the one under under 20s. Yep. So it's under, N, um, what do you want to call it, NYC back then. Yep, yep. Got Toyota Cup, Older Cup. And then from there, I was one of the leading try scorers and that. We won the grand final and Broncos 20 just signed me. It was only a little contract. I was like 30th person picked in the 30-man squad. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, you probably won't play many games this year, but we just got you just in case. Nick, me and I played every second of every game, 24 games straight on the wing. So did you have – you had two years at 20s? Uh, one. one. Just the one. One, yeah. And you scored 15 tries, eh? First, yeah. First season. That's 15 pretty, tries. That's pretty fucking red hot, bro. Uh, and on I dropped sting. three over the line. <laughs> <laughs> I was leading try scorer. For half the year, but Up you never get forgiven the ones. You never get forgiven the ones you drop over yeah. the line. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones you get remembered for. Remember when you dropped the ball over the line? Yeah, 100%. we played Sharks and we were losing. I think it was twenty-four nil at half time. And that, just before half time, I dropped it near the line. It was like twenty minutes into the game. I dropped. If I caught catch it, I score. So it would have been twenty-four-six half time. We ended up losing that game thirty-twenty-four. So we could have drew that game if not won it. So there are little things like that. But then there's other games where I've scored the winning try. So. Yeah, right. yeah, so cool. we were losing one game 30 nil at half time. We ended up winning 36 34. Who Rabbits, was that against? Rabbits. Rabbits. James Roberts. I was marking up on him, I'm pretty sure. Give me the jet. Fast <laughs> <laughs> They're good little memories. Yeah. Um, so I've, when you were going from the tw- through the 20 system and like on the fringe of NRL, kind of trying to crack it and stuff, yeah. after that, you've moved down here to play West or you went country first, didn't you? Yeah. Also, uh, after 20s, I played five, six years of Q-Cup. Yeah, so at did North, you? North, Redcliffe, Tweed. And then after that, after Tweed, I sort of had a couple of good years there and I thought, oh, I'm not enjoying my footy anymore. I'm not enjoying tra- training as hard as NRL players do. Mm. I'm sick of getting up at 4, 4.30, um, working all day and going to training. And I won't get, I wouldn't get them to 9.30, 10 at night. And mm. I thought, this is, I'm over it. I'm 26. I've had enough of this. What, it, what are the coaches saying to you during the 20s process? Are they telling you you're going to make it, mate? You just got to keep going. Yeah, you, yeah. you got to keep going. Yeah, keep going. You got you got a good chance to make it. I remember one time I was going to start looking at Sydney Cubs because I was talking to this manager. I forgot his name that long ago, but he, he was going to talk to Rabbits for me or try and get me a preseason down here. And my Broncos 20s coach was saying, "No, nah, you're right. We're going to yeah. give you a preseason. Like it's going to be all good. Just stay here. Mm. Like trust me. You want to lean trust me? Like we can't." Knock you back And then Three games ago I had a meeting And they said Oh no Anthony Griffin's decided Not to go with you And I think they signed Daniel Vita I can't remember And they had Lockham Moran And Aaron Richards Had heaps of good wingers there And then Corey Oates He was my centre He ended up coming through And he ended up yeah. Playing winger that next year So I had a few good wingers there But then it was too late For me to try and go To another club And I thought oh, I'm only nine, I'm only 20 years old I'll just go play Q Cup Yeah 
And then, I, and then that was probably the biggest mistake I did because once you're in the Q Cup, you're out of the NRL system, you dwindle out, and they forget about you. They'd rather pick a someone that's in the system or from 20s mm. rather than a 22, 23-year-old Q Cup player. So you got to be very lucky. Like my mate Chris Lewis debuted last two weeks ago for Storm. He only played five minutes, but he was 27. Oh, that's so that's like luck he has, but he just kept pushing and pushing. Yep. Three good years at Sunny Coast. And at the Storm Finally too. gets a yeah. crack. He probably would have a crack at most other clubs. Yeah. The Storm's a But that's big what I mean. Like, and I'm pretty sure he played 20s. But that's what I mean. Like, not everyone's going to make it. Do so you think the coaches are telling that to all the players? Uh-uh. Yeah, Yo, you're going to make it, mate. Just keep going. There's a few. Yeah, heaps of my, my mates that came through 20s. All got told they were going to make it. Then it ended up dwindling yeah. out. But the best thing you can do, and I tell anyone that plays 20s, is use use them. Uh, get your f- fitness certificates, get your certificates out of them, get a trade, use them to get other things in life, but keep pushing hard in footy. Then if you don't make footy, they've got all this stuff to fall back on. Whether use it's them studying, as a platform. Use yeah. them as a platform. And they, they can they, they can steady you in, in, in a good life. Like yeah. They taught me how to respect people, attitude. Like my whole life changed because of footy. I didn't end up making it, but I am who I am today because of it, because of that experience. And they teach you a lot about life. And they got me my painting trade. Like tackle your trade, Toddy Murphy. Um, ended up getting me into painting through Tucky Trade, which was through the Broncos, I'm pretty sure. And I was sponsor of North Devils, and I'm glad I got that. Yeah, Imagine good. if I didn't do that, if I didn't play footy, what would I be doing? Who knows? So, yeah. when, um, so after playing 20s, after playing Q Cup and that, and you were on the fringes, you're almost going to make it, you were chasing it. Like, when, what was it like coming to terms with realizing, like, when you had that conversation with yourself, going, I'm probably not going to crack it here? What, what I was think that I was like? 25 to 26, so I was around tweed. I was like, that's it. Like, but it, I think it was a good thing that I let go. Were you go. down or were you just glad to move out. on? I was down and out, but I think it was a good thing I got to let go and move on because ever since then I've been so much happier mm. and I've been able to do other things in my life that I never got to do before. Like I travelled, I've been to England with the Yowies. We played a few games over there against London Broncos and Jewsby Rebs. They had a good little experience I got to do. I went to Bali. Like all these other things that I didn't do because of footy. Did you go to oh, so you went to England with the Airways? Yeah. You know, AJ? Yeah, AJ. He was a halfback. <laughs> he was a halfback, bro. But these yeah. are all things that I, I probably oh, couldn't have done one. if I was playing in yeah. NRL. And then all these other, th- yeah, just all these other experiences I've got to experience. And then as soon as I let go, I've been so much happier. Everything else in my life's gotten better. Yep. Like my relationships, I started growing as a person. And then once you let go and that pressure's gone and you're not worrying about this and that and what could happen and what might not happen and what might happen. In control of your life, and then you can just go and do what you want. Like yeah. this year without footy, I've actually enjoyed it because mm. I haven't had to worry about going train and just your first year off. Playing. Yeah, this is the first year since I was what eight that yeah. I haven't played a game of footy. Waking up like you haven't been so hit by good. a bus. Yeah, <laughs> wake. I get to wake up at five and go. I'm gonna go for a run. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of running, I've got into that someone. much energy. Yeah. yeah, you're the energy man. <laughs> Chasing that energy. Mm. So you said just before there that you know, it was probably a, 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 a bad decision to go and play Q Cup, but did you learn any good life lessons playing in the Q Cup? Oh, that was the best thing. Like, it was so much fun. Got to fly all around Queensland, got to go to PNG. Yeah. Love the kids over there. Went over there four or five times, helped them out. Apparently, there's a kid over there named Tris. They call him, his nickname's Abbo Kid in the village, and his name's Tris after me because I gave. All the kids in that village, all these clothes and old footy gear and stuff and footy. They love me. They still message me on Facebook every day. Hey, Tristo, how are you? What are they, how are they, call, you? And they're calling him Mabo Kid. When you, yeah, when you come back PNG, but you can't tell them. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, they mean well. Can't tell yeah. them but about racing. See all these experiences the I've, got, yeah, I've got to do in um, 
in PNG, like when I come off the field in PNG, they're like, oh, Le- Le- you're the king, King Leo, King Leo, King Trudeau, because that ain't all know my name. And I gave all these kids all these tickets. One, I said, I was at the hotel, like these experiences you would never experience if I never played kick up, you know what I mean? So I don't yeah. regret it at all. But I remember I was at the hotel and I said, you run in the uh, field, you run to the gate and I'll meet you outside and it takes them two hours to run there, it's kilometres away. And then I was getting ready to warm up, and I've just walked out just before the warm up, and I seen them. They had the tickets. Oh right! And then they all look, they just ran up. They're like, hey, yeah, yeah. And there's three or four of them. I think I just gave them the tickets. They come in, and the security guy goes, No, no, no. These kids wild. No, not give them tickets. I said, No. Nah, I told them they come. Yeah. I gave them the tickets. They yeah, and they're coming in. And then I remember I come and feel after twenty minutes, and there they were cheering. They were clapping me on. Because it's, it's the best feeling, bro. You know what I mean? There's like 20, 15, 10,000 people. I can't that's huge. Over there. How many people? Rugby league's their national sport. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a national sport. 15, yeah, 20,000 people in that stadium. It's packed out. So, is that some of the craziest crowds you've played in front of? Yeah, in PNG. Yeah. Like, the whole game, it's like Super League. I remember when we were playing in Rabul in the jungle, they're like, Gary Law, Gary Law, Gary Law. That was their favourite winger. All <laughs> oh, right. They just cheer. Like, the whole game is like, raw. And you enjoy going there? Yeah, it's the best. It's good. Like, places like that, like, you know, when you go to Indo and like Smartro mm. and places like that, like, People have nothing out there, but they're so happy. Yeah. Like just the smallest things make them Anything. happy. And it's it just makes you step back and just go, fuck, I've got it. Yeah, and that made me realise how good you. life is. Yeah, 100%. Like so it's changed my whole outlook on life. Like people that say, oh, Australia's the best, I don't have to go overseas. They don't mm. understand me because the best thing I ever did was go overseas and experience different parts of the world because it's made me appreciate Australia. Yeah, <laughs> so coming down to New South Wales, I know you didn't come straight to Newcastle. How, how did you come down here? Um... Oh, well, I went to Wello last year, or Dubbo out there. So I knew a few people out there from Yowers, and they said, oh, come out here, help this, help this team, Wellington Cowboys at Group 11. The comp's not the best, but they gave me a bit of money, and I ended up assistant coach of the 18s, helped them boys out. It was more about just guiding them in life. It wasn't even about footy, but I taught them a lot about footy as well. And then um, I ended up just helping out. Me and Trevor Dell went there with a few other mates from Newey. We ended up winning the comp, and that was a good little experience. But then, So you are there for a full season? Yeah, full season. I yeah. lived there for six months. And then Neil Scar, he, he's from Dubbo, and a few of his mates said, oh, there's a good player out here. Um, Tristan Lumley is playing for Wellington Cowboys and up winning the comp. Um, you might want him at West here. You might want him at West. And yeah. he was a recruitment officer, and he was sort of like the CEO, like he's running West. Yep. So he's got my number through one of the Yowies boys that know me. Gives me a call, hey, mate, yeah, would you like to come to West? Uh, I had a missus out at Dubbo, so I sort of didn't. But then a few things happened. I said, I rang him. I was driving back to Queensland and said, brother, I'm coming. Get me out of here. She didn't go, yeah, my missus, don't worry about it. I'm coming. I'm coming to uh, Newey. Sign that contract, brother. And Did I you know up, anything about Newcastle before me? No, nah, 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 I didn't even know where I was going. <laughs> when I was driving around here. And then I ended up going back to Queensland and then he got me a flight down here the next week, signed the contract, the end, done dusted. So I ended up driving down here started this year. Yeah. Best thing I ever did. And it, I'm not even playing for you. And I love Newcastle, how good is it? How, are you upset that the competition's been sort of p- p- postponed? Yeah, uh, well, it's been fully cancelled this year. There's yeah. an amateur comp on, but we're not getting paid or anything for it. So I'm not 100% you... if I'm going to plan it or not. So what exactly have they said? Um, we're not getting paid. It's an amateur comp. It's up to you whether you want to play or not. There is insurance that I read, but it's only going to cover the injury. It won't cover income costs. Yeah. And there are things I've got to weigh up because I've popped my AC out last year. You can see it. You can see the bone sticking out. Yep. Like I've got padding for that. I can play with it. But it's little things like that. I've got no PCL on my right knee. I've done my MCL last year on my left knee. And I roll my ankle pretty easy, like depending. I haven't rolled my ankle for three or four years now. These are sort of little injuries. I don't want to have to deal with. It's not with. worth like, risking yeah, if you're like, not going to get paid. To play a game, I've got to strap two of my ankles. Depending on how my knee feels 
my left knee, my back because my disc pops slips around like moves around a bit. So I, I get a special tape for that. Anything Box else? Box that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I hope then, you're not trying to join the army anytime and then, soon. And then I got to put a pad on my shoulder. <laughs> So you're one of those th- fucking blokes. So that's blokes. why I don't even worry. You're one of those fucking blokes you play with, and from <laughs> fucking they they skip out halfway on the warm up, go in the sheds, they're getting fucking strapped. That's me. You're waiting there to get strapped, and this can't just fuck. Another ankle. I, for so, fuck's sake. So I would have get there two hours before, yes, or three oh, hours yeah. before. Oh. I get two two ankles done, my shoulder, and then I walk out. Then I'll come back in and I'll get the rest done. My knee, if yeah. I need that, and my back, oh. my back last just before the warm up. I was always the first one there. And the last one out because yeah, I think both ankles, both knees, one shoulder, yeah. one elbow, and then I'd be the luck because you got to cut it all off. You got to have a shoe, yeah. have ten schooners, I have ten tinnies before you go in and get in the schooners. So many, yeah, and that's a lot of people don't understand that. I've been playing footy for twenty years, my body's wearing tear. So I, it's for me, it's like, is it worth it? Pros and cons, probably not. I feel real good. I'm just gonna worry about next year. Would you consider playing if they said, right, we can't pay yous? But if you get injured, we'll cover your income. Oh, maybe because if I get injured, then I get time off work and I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you consider that? That would be something yeah. you consider? Bro, you better watch what you're saying. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Sage Painting, <laughs> www. <laughs> so you'd be aware of Nathan Ross, wouldn't you? Yeah. So he didn't make his debut for the Knights until he was about 28. He played yeah. in the local comp. Now, you know, and that's to say that Trudeau's put a few games together. He's been running up and down the beach for the last... 18 months, he takes the field, and you get the call-up to come play for some Newcastle Cup, Newcastle, what's it called, New South Wales Cup. Uh, well that's, would, that's you, would you take the opportunity? 100%. I was even, I've met a few of the boys, and I was thinking about asking if I'd do a pre-season with them. Yeah. With the Knights, was the New South Wales Cup team at the end of this year. And even if I don't play, I'm just in the squad, I don't care, but then I still get to go back to West, and I get paid. You get back in the system money to that play, way, But I'm you? back in the system. I'd love to play another couple of years of Cup. I feel good. This is the best I've ever felt. Yeah. I'm fitter than when I was when I was 18, 19. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. and I'm smarter and wiser. It's just that my body's got a bit more injuries, but I'm smarter, wiser. Like when you're playing footy when you're older, the game moves slower, and you understand the structure. You know what's going on. Yeah. When you're younger, you don't even understand what's going on. Sometimes yeah. like, I remember when I was younger, I just played, just chasing the ball. I, I was <laughs> wing. I just played, bro. I didn't even know what the structure was with the forwards. You're looking, what the call yeah. was. Here comes another block. The only shape. thing I knew was to run onto the ball, or uh, my little thing was Nike and put my arm up. And Louis Frisbee, one of the boys, Bryce Hegarty, they just kicked the ball across for me. And that was that was my only play that I knew. I didn't know nothing about the system. Or catching. No, I was just good. <laughs> <laughs> I was a pro catcher, bro. Uh, could you jump for the high ball? Yes. You I got, got a hop, you can get up. With <laughs> those two dud angles and fuck me. <laughs> oh, back then, probably not now. <laughs> so uh, we're, about, we're about to go there. The conspiracies. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone's uh, seen me on Instagram, yeah. Facebook posts and all that, yeah. I'm over it now. I, I got I'm the done. first question. I got the first question. Where did all that come from? Where did your conspiratorial thought pattern so come from? Did you develop this or did someone? In 2016, long story short, I went sober for a whole year straight because I had a few drinking problems. So I just quit drinking nonstop. Bang. I, I was sober for a 12, 13 months it would have been. So in that year I was bored, I had nothing to do. I'd always just sit at home on a Friday, Saturday night. I was like, I just want to go out, but I didn't. Mm. And then I'd, I ended up just started watching documentaries on Netflix and it was about racism and government. And then it ended up moving on to Osama Bin Laden and then the 9-11. Mm. And then I started looking into conspiracy theories about 9-11 and I started thinking... The world's a lot. The government's a lot. Like, what we're told is a load of crap. You end but, up down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm down a rabbit hole. <laughs> and then I'm listening to David Icke and, and, and he's saying stuff like um, they create the problem and then people say, oh, help, help, help. And they create a solution to the problem that they created. 
and it's that's what they wanted the whole time. But um, they, they, they can't just bring these laws in without a problem. You know what I mean? So it's like they create the problem. And there has been false flag operations in the past, oh, proven, yeah. proven. What was that thing you, you know were telling I mean? me the other day? Hmm? Where they planted bricks and all that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, in downtown LA, they yeah, um, then Black Lives Matter. Yeah, they and put pallets of bricks down there. So well, who knows who put it? But sorry, what was the one before it? Ages ago, it was classified and ended up. Oh, I can't remember the name. He put me on the spot, but it was when the hippies were protesting the Vietnam War. Um, these like anarchists came in and started smashing all shop fronts and everything, so that they could send in the National Guard to shut those protests down. And it was later proved. And it has been proven that it was Delta Force operators from the American government who went through and just sparked up, made it a violent thing so that yeah, the, the police could it shut up. it down. And that's what they want. Because what, what did Operation they Northwood, that's what it was called. Northwood. Mm. They all had on military-issue fucking work garb. boots, didn't yeah, they? Military-issue garb. They had military-issue pants. And this is all documented. This is not like a conspiracy theory. This is true. Yeah, it's this true. Is yeah, it actually happens. And they actually have to admit it because... Mm. They got no proof otherwise. So what about the moon landing? Did we go there? Mm. Nah, I don't reckon. I don't bro. reckon they did. I, I think reckon America that's all it shit. Just so like, oh, we done this, we done that. Look at us on I, the moon. Like, you love knows? my little brother, eh? He fucking Is he right into this? loves. They just wanted to beat the Russians in it, but I don't get too into all that sort of stuff because. I reckon history is a lie. They, they lie. They lie all about history. Like you yeah. never know what's true. Like who? I reckon Hitler. Like the same thing. That, that, that he was literally created or told, I'll do this, do that, buy it. He's seen meetings and videos of like Americans, IBMs talking to Hitler. They're supposed to be enemies, you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, oh, just lead all these people in the gas chamber and um, let's just kill them. You know what I mean? It's like it's all set up. Like, how, how do you even believe what happened in World War Two and one? That's the thing about like you. Just, Who knows? You always end up. But wondering. My mind's open. You just to everything. But you don't know. Is that mo- is that a bad thing? A, a good thing? It's a theory. No. Yeah. But the thing is, with conspiracy theorists, <clears throat> you are. Uh, uh, Conspiratorial about what the government's telling you, but yeah. you also need to take into consideration that what you're watching on YouTube might be bullshit. So yeah, then you end up in this weird place this, of like, what is true? Yeah, the, yeah, that's what, what is, is true. What is life? I don't believe every. That's what people say. To you. you just believe everything on YouTube. I say no, I don't. Yeah, there's so much stuff I watch on there that I do not believe. And then sometimes I do believe. Then I'm like, oh shit, it was wrong. Yeah, like I'm not dumb. I just believe everything on YouTube and everything. Of course. And I, I, I gotta um, research these people and make sure they are who they say they are. That are talking, you know what I mean? Like, it might yeah. just be Joe Blow saying, Oh, yeah, yeah, look at this, look at that. 9 11 was done by missiles, you know what I mean? But who are you? What are you talking about? I want you want to know from someone that knows what they're talking about, yeah. or a doctor. You, you don't want to hear from a bum talking about vaccines, yeah. you know what I mean? You want to know hear from a doctor, from a scientist. I think it's healthy to be skeptical of what people are telling you. Yeah. I think that's where most people come unstuck. But how bad shit they don't need? You just need to think, hang on, what's, this, what's, the, what's your intention to try and make me take that from how you? How bad is it, though, <laughs> that this day and age, you can't yeah. just take somebody on their word, what they say. You have to fucking second guess. Right, you can't. You, can't, you got to second guess everything. You got you, it. You Even you Scott Morrison, I'm not believing everything that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> he tried to say that slaves didn't exist. Like, that's all just to fuel the fire. Yeah. But these are things that the government do. You don't trust or believe the government, or I believe you will get led into a gas chamber mm. and killed. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, just a just little bit of backtrack there. You said in 2016 you stopped drinking for a year. You had a bit of a drinking problem. What was it, uh, what was it related to? Was it related to football or injury? Or yeah, just, it was, uh, was sort of footy. Like, that's, I was 23, 24. I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not making it. I'm fading away here. Um, I only just started my painting apprenticeship. I sucked at that. So then, because I did it as a mature age, I was like 22. So I was like second year in. I sort of wasn't even good at that. I was sort of, sort of just feel like I was failing at everything in life. 
So I just started drinking. Like if I played on a Sunday, I'd just get blind drunk Sunday night. I'd drink all day Monday, and I'd go training, like yeah. hungover or even still a bit drunk, smelling like alcohol. But like it would only have a recovery session in a pool, so it wouldn't hundred percent matter too much. But I, I, I was just dwelling, dwelling into nothing, and I expected so much of myself, and I ended up getting nowhere. Like that's what it felt like to me, and that's why I just kept drinking. Mm. I just wanted to feel something, and that, the only time I felt like I was having fun and forgot about life was when I was blind. And I'd get, I'd write myself off. I'd get blind. Yeah. What was it that made you say, "Fuck, this is enough. I need to have a break." I don't know. It was just I had no money left. I think I had a ten grand credit card that was gone. Ten grand maxed out. I had no money in my bank account, and then it was Christmas holidays, and I didn't get paid for Christmas holidays. I think I did. There was like four, five hundred bucks, whatever it was, and it was all gone. I was like, "Nah, this is it. Like, I need to work hard this year." And um, I was second year apprentice. I worked so hard. I've got all this. I learned so much that year with painting. And then um, with footy, I ended up being a le- team leader that year for Norse because I ended up going from Rickliffe back to Norse. I ended up becoming a leadership group. I broke my hand at the start of this. I missed 10 games, but then I come back. It was probably one of the best seasons I played. I went into the front row. But then I ended up saving 20, 30 grand in one oh, year. Right. Oh, so awesome. I went from having nothing and a 10 grand debt to getting that rid of that 10 grand debt and having 20, 30 grand in the bank because I saved heaps of money from my footy payer and then – I was working every week, whatever it was. I think it was like 700 a week. And I saved heaps of it. So I turned my whole life around in one year just from quitting, drinking and partying mm. and then changing who I hung out with. So I was ha- hanging out with all negative people that just drank and st- took from you. Mm. So hanging out with positive people, NRL players, surrounding myself with positive people that don't take from you but want to bring you up mm. and help you. They, they, want, they give to you. And I changed my whole life. 2016 was a changing point in my whole life. It's a good yeah. thing about like that, that kind of stuff. Like if you hang around five smart people, yeah. you'll be the sixth. You hang around five rich people, you'll be the sick. Shit like that. Yeah, it's just, crazy. And you know? all these people I, I, I sort of not leached off but hung out with and became my friends. Like, I've got Nene McDonald, like all these NRL players that, like, it doesn't matter who they are, but they're successful. And when I started hanging out, I, I met them, and I didn't even thought, oh, that was it. Like, met them once there, and they don't want to be my mate. Mm. All of a sudden, these dudes are like, come to Bali, come here, come there, come hang out with us. And they wanted to be my mate. And, like, I think it was because I changed as a person – and, they, and I'm the type of person they want to be around. Yeah. Because I bring them energy and I bring them happiness and I, I'm a better person. But when I, probably like say, when I was 21, 22, no one wanted to hang out with me. Like none of them sort of people. Were you a, were you a big fucking... I was annoying. Pu- were you a punish on the piss? Yeah, punish. Oh, yeah? yeah. Too well, big. You'd be one of those cunts who's too big for your own yeah. good day. Yeah. I remember <laughs> Trevor Woodell were drunk and it was after a game. He's like, bro, you are so annoying. He said, get out of my face, bro, before I pump you. <laughs> <laughs> and now me and my best mates, bro, like, you can't se- couldn't separate us last year. But, bro, that was, like, 2013. He wanted to fight me. And then yeah. that Sam Skelton had to pull him away. Mm. But he was full, like, he wanted to fight me, bro. And I, it was my fault, like, because yeah. I was just a pest, bro. I was, like, <laughs> spitting. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, bro? I just grab everyone because I'm so big. Yeah. Just grab everyone, spilling drinks over everyone. People used to say, bro, do you remember that night? Like, no. probably, like, year two, no, grade. No, I fucking don't. You, you no. done this, you done that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> So did you, did you, when you decided to get off the piss, were you like in a, a dark spot, in a low spot? Or it was a dark spot. Like I remember laying there. I don't know what happened, but for free, I don't know what happened, but for two or three days I was just depressed down and out. My whole body was just, I didn't feel good at all. It took me like, I remember I went for a run, I was like 40 minutes to run 5K. I run that now in 21. Mm. And like everything was just bad. I just felt sluggish. I think I was, dead. I was up to like 112, 113 kilos. I can't remember. I was just put on so much weight, had nothing. I thought, that's it. I ended up going. You, you, can, you, can, you can pinpoint that moment as when you went, yeah. oh, I'm going to turn my shit around. 
I think it was 2000. It would have been the end of 2015. It would have been January 3rd, 2016. Say, I'm going to turn that, my that shit That was around. the day I quit drinking. So I'm going to do this. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. And I've done it. What was yeah. your goal for a year or just for a while? It was while? 12 months. I ended up doing 12 months and I raised money for cancer. It was like a thousand bucks I ended up raising. But I just done it just for me, myself, and mm. to prove to people how far you can come, why you quit drinking. Yeah. And I remember it started 2007. I went to England. And um, I just done the 365 days, which is my goal. And then we went over there. I was like, I'm going to try not to drink here. And Mate. we played the first game. Lads like, on tour, it was, eh? It was 370 <laughs> days. It was 371 days I lasted. Yeah. And we, we went out to this pub with Nathan Merritt's there. And he's like, hey, brother, yeah. I was like, bro, I've been sober for 371 days. Like, do you reckon I should drink? And they're like, fuck no, it's yeah. up to you, it's up to you, bro. But you only live once and that, you only got to be in England once, bro. Bro, that was one of the best nights of my yeah. life. Was that in London? Fuck. That was in, no, that was in Leeds. Yeah, so, then we, here, here we ended up getting. Second night. Who the fuck told that kind <laughs> of drink? Wait, wait, wait. That's it, bro. And then we ended up getting blind. And I remember I was walking around going, I'm from Australia. I'm Aboriginal. Around the streets of England. And then I ended up drinking the, the next day, which is a Monday. And we yeah. end, and when it was a Monday, and, and I'm like, to my mate, should we drink? And he goes, okay. <laughs> and that, that black fella that goes, okay. So then he's like, okay. And then we oh, went out to this okay. nightclub. And, brah, it was three levels. Did you say that best. was in Leeds? Yeah. How good's Leeds, it was, bro? Brah, it was like a three or four level nightclub. So there was a techno bar, an R&B bar. Like, I was like, brah, this is on a Monday night. So I went from not drinking for over a year to two nights in a row. Yeah, then the whole Tuesday, I just slept all day, bro. I was depressed. I'm not depressed, but I was like down and out, had no energy. I think I got home about 8 a.m. and I went went to sleep. The sun was coming up, but I woke up about 4 p.m. and the sun was nearly gone because it only lasts eight yeah. hours over there. Yeah. But I don't, I, I never, I don't regret it. It was mad. How'd you go in there? Temperature? Oh, that was. Oh, I couldn't stand it. Nah. Walking around with three pairs of jeans on, skins, <laughs> <laughs> three jumpers. Right, and like <laughs> we'd always go to the strip club because it had a heater. It was warm in there. Nah, so come go, on. So you so you'd go from. So oh, you'd go, because of the oh, we had to, man. We had so to. So you'd go from. You'd go from like freezing. We went from from the soccer game, freezing cold, like free jumpers on all this to a strip club that was nice and warm. So you end up taking all your gear off, mm. like you only got a shirt and shorts on, leave it on the hooks. You know what I mean with, yeah, the, the, with the dudes yeah. in the coat room. But it's sick, eh? There's there's guys in the toilets that wash your hands for you. You got to give them money, or they'll they carry on if you don't tip them. Yeah. <laughs> it's Fuck off, Thailand. It's, annoying, it's <laughs> annoying, eh? What are you doing, mate? You got money? You get a real job. But that was a good experience. England was so good. Did you go back? Yeah, not now with COVID nineteen stuff going on, but yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. would if I was actually speaking was to one of my brother's mates, one of my mates as well, um, Lani Latu. He's over there at the moment. Bro, he's one of my good mates. Yeah, I played with him at Tweed Edge. Oh, did you? Yeah, I tell him, him, him. I was talking to him this morning. Big he's rubber. been listening to this, so he, he, really, yeah, yeah, give oh, him a shout out. Oh, yeah, I was talking to him this morning. He I remember lockdown still hectic. Tell the story. The first game I played with him. First game I played with him, he, he went to Titans and then he come back and played for us. We yeah. were playing at Townsville. And um, he was playing, I was playing back row, he was playing front row. And then he was like 10 minutes to go and he's tired. He's like, Trudeau, bruh. He looked at me, bruh, and like, I don't know what the fuck. He was like snot on his face and that. He looked at me, he's like, bruh, 
I'm fucked. Can you go in the middle? I need a break. And I was like, I figured in my head, bro, this is like Lonnie Lars. Like, I remember when he killed it at Panthers, bro. Like, yep. And he done, he was killing it. And now he's asking me to go in the middle for him. <laughs> go in the back row. I was like, fuck. But he's like the man. I look up to him. Even bro, though yeah. I'm a year older than him. Oh, bro. Because I couldn't believe, I thought he was older than me. But He's a good he's, dude, He's a man. good bloke. And he looked after me. Mm, him, him and Bryce Cartwright were, come back and play for us. And they were the best, like, best. Yep. And I'll always be mates with him. He wished me happy birthday and I'll go, thanks, brother. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, Trina. Yeah, he's a great bloke. Got a great <laughs> love missus, Nina. Love, love, She's love a legend, too. Yeah. It's, uh, mm. yeah, he was saying it's over there with the COVID stuff. It's still hectic. Yeah. He, what, like you Lockdown. said, there's still a few more weeks, and took, like five more weeks until they can even it's train It's crazy. Again. I saw uh, Bevan French the other day. I met him at the pub and then he said... Um, I'm so glad I got home. I got out of there. I got to go back next week, but like 40,000 people have died. It's full lockdown. You can't even leave the house. Only go to shops, cops everywhere, mm-hmm. military everywhere. Did you see that? The, the, um, the protest? There's a cop that they were on horses and a cop fell off and they were all attacking her and that. Like, that's crazy. Like, London's hectic, bruh. Did you see, the, like, did you what, see the, the white blokes? The, black, the, I think, I don't know, it was a Black Lives Matter protest, but no, 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 they were attacking the, the, girl. Cop, the girl. The cop fell off the horse and they were all going at her. No, in, in London, the. Yeah. So people were going down, tearing down the the old statues of racist leaders yeah, and stuff they like were, that. Yeah. But then the white supremacists would get were meeting them there, the trying bro- to surround the <laughs> statue to protect it, so that they couldn't. Oh, fuck really? It. Yes, yeah. they couldn't tear it down, oh. and that was just making more riot and fucking. Ugh. Yeah, fucking no. See, I don't like the riots and wars and protests. Just peaceful, but yeah. So what's the next? Uh Thing that Mossy and I should be worried about in the world, Trudeau. 5G, from your eh? recent the vaccine. From 5G. your recent research. 5G. Oh, 5G. Oh, just see how it goes with that. I'm not 100% sure how's that going to go, but there is a bit of um, uh, research out there that it can cause illness. It doesn't directly cause COVID-19, apparently, but it can make you sick. It can amplify sickness or amplify cancer. It brings mm. on sickness, apparently, with the radiation. And everyone knows radiation can do that. Yeah. But I'm not a no doctor or scientist, but I'm just hearing this from some people. Like They've seen photos of a 5G tower and then a tree, and half the tree's dead. It's been exposed to the radiation. Just little things like that, or birds around 5G towers dropping dead. So I don't know. And that gets activated fully here in July. We'll see what happens. But there's been clusters in Melbourne around 5G areas, clusters of people that get in co- Diagnosed with COVID nineteen, so who knows? I'm not no expert in it. Are we still going bush <laughs> or what? We're going bush, brother. But I'm definitely <laughs> not getting the COVID nineteen vaccine. They, oh, they fuck can that. put that up with a shove <laughs> with a sundown, Sean. Because I, yeah, I'm I not do not that. want that. We but don't need it. I'm a young, less healthy bloke. I'll, I'll feed it myself. Yeah. Less than one percent people have been affected or killed by this virus. Why should we all get a vaccine? What's in the vaccine? And you're rushing it out in twelve to eighteen months. It's a fucking disease that's been around for a few months. Mm. How the fuck are they just going to develop yeah. it like that? They haven't made a vaccine for HIV, for cancer, things that yeah, they, they all, should be making vaccines for. Yeah, that. More people they, die of because they, they make money, brother. Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. But, but I've heard there is going to be nanochips in the vaccine. I'm not 100% sure, but we'll see what happens. But they're not going to tell you about it. But who knows? No. And that hooks us up to the 5G. Then we're all sort of hooked up to artificial intelligence. It's pretty hectic. And you would have heard, um, what's his name? And he's made those cars, those uh, driverless cars. Oh, Tesla. They're all coming. They're all coming. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. So by 2033, they want to get rid of diesel and petrol cars. Mm. They want us all driving these program cars, driverless cars, so we can only go where they want us to. It only goes certain speeds. And like, say they might go, oh, no one's allowed to drive between 12 and 5 unless they're working. I don't know what the plan is, but it's full control. You'll be all right. You can drink drive everywhere then. You probably yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who knows what, what, what the goal is But I'm not get, I don't want that card I don't want the vaccine no. nah. 
Oh, can't we just stay like this? How we are? Life's good. Yeah. Like this. Like, why is the government going to do this to us? Go away. Please, <laughs> yeah. God, leave us alone. We should live a normal life. We don't probably, this shit. Probably why we like going to, why, why we like going to Indonesia and PNG and stuff. Like that. Yeah, because we're yeah. back. I only got one chance of life. And of <laughs> look what's going on. Wait, Trudeau, one question real quick. Well, Tupac still alive or dead? Dead. What about Biggie? Dead. All right. All right, what's next for the big Trudeau? Not just today, but in the next five years. What's your five-year plan? Just keep training, working hard. Oh, keep training, keep on top of my mental health. Oh, of course. One second. What the fuck? What? You're a, main, you're a crazy prick. No, 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 no. Not even that. <laughs> <laughs> not even that. Fucking what happened to um, Married on First Sight? Nah. Cunt. Nah. Um, the lady that was doing it, she's doing Big Brother now. So I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard back from him. Oh, so I don't think oh. I'm going on that now. No, I did sorry. have an interview with him, but I, I, because the lady that wanted me on there as in Big Brother, I don't know, 100% know what's going on with her. But yeah. I'm not same network? Worried, not too worried about it. Is so it the same network? It's Big Brother with Channel 7. No, Big Brother Or Channel 10. Oh, I don't even know what's going on, but I'll let you know if anything does accumulate from that. Peppa Pig. But it's not until, yeah. <coughs> I what's the June? September, so it's got ages until mm. they even start recordings. And you would look they're, at something like that? They're interviewing 10,000 people. I don't know. When, I fir- when it first came, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Dickhead, I remember you in the gym there fucking on your little Skype meeting. You were frothing. You were yeah. like, oh, what is this, Yeah, your shirt off extra. That's just... Yeah. What's next for old Trudeau? What's next? Five years training, keep on top of your mental if health. I work hard, try and save up enough money. I've got a fair bit of money, but try and save a bit more to buy my own house or apartment here somewhere. Do that up. Um, hopefully get a missus... I want at least one kid. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind that. But other than that, yeah, just keep pushing on life, being happy, making other people happy. That's yeah. my three goals every day is one, make my, make sure I'm happy, chase energy. Number two, compliment anyone I care. Number yeah. three, help anyone that I care. What's and every compliment? day that I do that, man. What's your compliment for, so to good. me for the day? You look good, brother. I love you. fucking work. But even just walk around going, I love you, brother. When I'm running around the, running yeah. around the beach, I'll, I'll high five people or knuckle them. I'll Do you see most them people every morning? The same, same people, them. yeah. And I high five them or knuckle them. And little things like that, they smile and they wave. Mm. Or like, um, I got these older ladies that always run past. Go, hey, how you going? Have a good day. I was like, yeah, ladies. And that was just from one time of me going, woo, let's go, ladies, pump it out. That's and awesome. Every morning they just Makes remember who I am. Yeah. So you're a bit it's of just a celebrity now. Like yeah. yeah, fucking. <laughs> so Frankie Gould reckons I need to put a statue up of me. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I'll start a fucking. But it's good energy and good vibes down. Down in Newcastle, I'm not leaving. I'm no, staying. No, that's good. It's, it's, just, it's just little things like that. Like they're, they're my little goals in life. Yeah. Just to make people smile and happy and connection and energy. And when you live like that, like yeah. the little things in life are, are the best. Like nothing really worries you. Mm. When something happens, I'm just like, oh, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And one one thing put, put in perspective today, I just watched this video and it, uh, this 15 year old got stabbed, mm. Simone, and his mum and dad were crying. I was so upset. They're like, we don't want revenge. We just want our baby back and he'll never come back. We love you. We just we forgive the dude that did it and the parents. Like, wow. like that just put yeah. life in a perspective and uh, made me feel like appreciate life and life's the best and I've got nothing to worry about of stress because, you know what I mean, like, how good is my life. I can know. Thanks, 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 Thanks yeah. man. That was a good one, yeah, That was great. Right. Yeah, Thanks and for coming uh, on, Trudeau, mate. Really uh, appreciate your experience and time and coming back man. in. That's awesome. Thanks, thanks. mate. Good luck next year at the on. fucking Rosellas. Yeah. Fuck them. Go to oh, South. Nah, nice New South Cup, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's him, bro. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, brother. Radio. And as always, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Sage Painting, who Trudeau works for also. www.sagepainting.com.au. 
Yeah, for all your painting needs in the Newcastle and Hunter area, do not hesitate to contact Sean and the, and the uh, lovely crew. We can come to your place and sort it out for you. Thanks heaps again, Trudeau. We really appreciate you coming in. No Go on your moss. Thank you. Talk to you soon, brother.